King and Shelley's Osmandius. Will I? Will you? We should, in that spirit, plunge on. Jack and I got on all right, and he needed someone to drink with. So we went out together to Cronin's, a classic hangout bar. I was not 21, but barkeeps were more like those in the days of Winesburg than the PC police of today. Of course, we drank and caroused a bit, but we didn't crack up automobiles being drunk nor took drugs. That was to come in a later generation, but that is another story. Jack asked me who my favorite poet was, and I said Keats. He bought another round. He might have bought another round anyway, but he told me Keats had the most influence on him. I asked what his favorite novel was. I like lots of novels, but the one that influenced me most was Winesburg, Winesburg, Ohio. He paused as I took it in. I took out a 20 and put it on the bar. A 20 was a 20 in those days, so we had a long night ahead. I thought that gesture worthy of Anderson's people. Jack did too. And he went on. There are many great novels from Moby Dick to Huck Finn, Red Badge of Courage, and don't forget Maggie, A Girl of the Streets. And we can roll on through Dreiser, Cather, Hemingway, and Fitzgerald. But Weinsberg sticks to your ribs. Sticks to your ribs. That summed it up, I thought, then and do so again over 40 years later. On the re-listening or re-reading, you will discover that the order of the stories is significant. Anderson starts with a few characters and introduces more story by story. As the stories proceed, characters from earlier stories appear in other people's ones. Much like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead by Tom Stoppard, in their lives it is Hamlet who is the bit character, not the other way around. That happens in the Weinsberg stories too, as people formerly featured become the bit characters in other people's lives. My two favorites are The School Teacher with Kate Swift and The Untold Lie with Ray Pearson. The only disappointing story is Helen White, just before the last story, Departure, with George Willard. The disappointment was not about Anderson's story. It was about Helen White herself. She figured large in the life of the town as the most beautiful and richest girl who was nice and not above it all. On a re-listening, especially one hears that Helen does not inspire George enough to stay in Winesburg. You feel that this is the love of her life and she can't hold him. In the last chapter, it is poignant and true to the book, In Departure, that Helen runs down to the train to say goodbye to George and gets there too late. So the disappointing story, in fact, was one of the best, but hard to take at a gut level. You felt they both lost their moment, much like Ray and Hal do in The Untold Lie. One of the first things teachers tell you in school is that Weinsberg's about moments, moments either reached, forgotten, or missed. And that is so true in Weinsberg, as Helen doesn't quite get George hooked, George doesn't quite get Helen hooked, and they separate. The same thing happens with Ray and Hal having a moment of communion on the hill about their life and then losing that and going back to their prosaic reality.
Seize the day is the message, carpe diem, with Anderson. Because he makes the point that if you miss, you miss forever, and you'll forever regret that moment of missing. It's a wonderful and heartfelt emotion that runs through these stories. Each story seems to have a deadly, crushing, takes-your-breath-away sentence. In Death, Elizabeth Willard describes how she did not give her hotel keeper husband the $800 given to her by her father to squirrel away when her husband really needs it because she says, I didn't like him enough. A stunning line. This is a wonderful book to discuss with friends. Do so. No better one for book clubs and get-togethers. I have never known anyone not moved by at least one story.